So Ashley, Quint and I are on chatting about the Glow Getter uh, Basketball Foundation. That's her foundation. And we were just talking about her learning experience a little bit in the first season and how she wanted to change things. And for our audience, I'll let her tell us a little bit more about the foundation in a minute. But essentially what she's done is gone from an athlete to a coach and now to a mentor and a fundraiser. Ashley, welcome to What's Good, and thank you again. We we had a crappy recording, so we wanted to redo it. Um, thanks for jumping on again. And so, you know, first, like, uh, tell us a little bit about how the foundation came about, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what you and I were saying, what you learned in that in that first season, and where you guys want to go. All right. Well, thanks, Ben. It's uh, I'm glad to be here. And uh, Glow Getter Basketball was something that kind of originated off of just a, an idea of what kind of occurred with COVID and a lot of kids in the inner city, uh, in Columbus especially, Columbus, Ohio, did not have uh, opportunity to play. And the rates of expense of gym time uh, skyrocketed. Everything that used to be, you know, budgeted on an hour time frame got tripled sometimes even higher costs and it was sad driving around uh, Columbus my daughter goes to school in uh, downtown Columbus uh, around Italian village and you would drive and see parking lots where there used to be basketball hoops and the nets were down uh, kids couldn't even shoot around and that was very hard like it, it just it hit me in a way where seeing that those are sometimes opportunities that kids could just go out to a park or go out to their driveway and be able to still practice and not being able to go to a community center or go to these places. It, it just touched me in a way where I, um, listening to some of the kids in the gym talk and say, you know, that uh, their, their parents lost jobs and they weren't able to pay for travel on AAU teams or even if that was for other you know travel sports it just kind of made me start thinking and I was like I got to do something about this because you know this is a time period in you know children's lives that they need opportunity and time to develop and the first goal of why I started Glow Getters was that I didn't want any kid to get cut from the tryout because I had to focus on that there were 15 months of these kids not uh, not playing and so that left that there was no gym class then from physical education because kids are on laptops or a hybrid program um, I had to factor in that kids maybe couldn't leave their environments or they were in COVID or maybe they didn't have phones to end up you know having that internet accessibility to be able to jump on calls so I at first just wanted to just get a group of kids and being able to just work with other um, coaches around Columbus. Uh, Cody Ballard is a semi-pro uh, player and coach. And I, you know, discussed with him that, you know, what I wanted to do. And he already had an inner city program for kids that I kind of wanted to merge off and focus on females. And so he assisted me with allowing me to have gym time and the girls would be able to then practice, um, you know, at his location based off, at, you know, when the gym was available off of the semi-pro team. 
and that I could just kind of just start getting something going. And I used, you know, local um, clients that I had that had businesses um, to be able to fundraise for these kids that, you know, parents couldn't, didn't have the income to support it. And basically just get them, you know, signed up to be able to just play basketball or to learn the game of basketball. I should say that first. Some of this was learning the game of basketball. Um, and so I just kind of threw everyone that I knew together. Um, my dad is a former basketball coach for 45 years. So I kind of like tugged him over and threw some other people at this and just said, here you go. Like, I just want to provide an opportunity and wherever this opportunity leads, let's go with it. But the main thing that I stressed was that a glow getter needed to be someone who could play multiple sports. And that was the whole point that I don't want to be that organization where it's all basketball, one sport, focus on this all the time. Nope, having the strength and conditioning background and being a former athlete who was multi-sport, I knew that there always needed to be an off time and then there needed to be a preparation time and then there needed to be game time. And so I wanted to be able to teach that and be able to help these parents that, you know, there could be a kid that could be a great multi-sport athlete who knows when they're then a senior in high school where they could go. They, they could get a double scholarship or they could just be one. But I wanted this to be an organization that children benefited. They were given an opportunity and that we could grow from the opportunity and then kind of like pave our pathway, you know, that this maybe is the more multi-sport team. And then this eventually is just more of an elite team that also plays, you know, in other tournaments or organizations. It was really to provide an opportunity and to allow a parent who is working hard, that has a nine to five job, that is not able to make ends meet, and it's not their fault. It's that like they have a kid that has talent and it's saying, we wanna be able to take care of your athlete and we want to put them in the best position possible and provide you this opportunity. So it's kind of like a gift to a parent and saying, we recognize what you're doing and we know that this is not easy. And we know that, you know, the expense that it comes down to travel time, the AAU tournaments, the, the scheduling, I mean, all the way into strength and conditioning, into uniforms. I mean, all of it is such a huge expense that you take that athlete that may have to spend the $3,000 and you say, we got it covered. We only want you to spend, you know, $260 and your kid's going to play 72 games and be on an elite team and have opportunity and get showcased. We want to help you with that. And so that's kind of how Glow Getters originated. I just wanted to help kids and provide opportunities to female athletes who maybe, you know, wouldn't have thought to do this or their parents were just not in that um, bracket to be able to consider. And I wanted it to be like, I don't care about it. I just want, I want to offer your kid some, you know, I want to teach them. I want to coach them and I want to be around them. You know, like that's really all that this was. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you know, like my three immediate thoughts were number one is that I've been around a lot of organized sports organizations, obviously in my career and personally and I've never heard of an organization, amateur, otherwise male or female, 
that requires their athletes to play multi-sport. And that's that's super interesting because there's tremendous value to that. It's been studied already, you know, as to the value, you know, um, developmentally, both, you know, as an athlete and as, as, a, as a child to play multiple sports, you know, the values of individual sports versus team sports, et cetera. And then, you know, the second takeaway is that you know, uh, what I thought about in you guys creating opportunity for these young female athletes is that that gives them uh, an opportunity to use that money to eat better, to to have better food, to, you know, transportation to school, that kind of stuff, which we often don't think about. It's almost like, yeah, you know, you're getting them a basketball scholarship, but, you know, you're right. They, they have to get back and forth to school and they have to eat and, you know, and now with COVID, it makes it even more restrictive. And so, I mean, that's admirable what you guys are doing. So what did you learn this first season? Like, what did that look like? Uh, I mean, the first season we were, I want to say it was about nine tournaments that we were able to get into. Uh, the girls were traveling. We had four tournaments that were in Indianapolis and one was in Kentucky. Um, the rest were then local. And, um, you know, it was, it was good because it was a culture shock for some. There were some girls, it's like they never skipped a beat to basketball. So for some of these kids, they were like, wow, didn't know like how good kids this age are. Uh, but it was very rewarding to see that at the start of the phase, when they were learning just how to box out or, you know, basic dribbling drills, like just the basic developmental components and fundamentals of basketball being taught and then seeing 72 games later where they're at was like, that was just the, that was rewarding watching this and just seeing that you have a shy kid that now is like stepping into a role and knowing like what to do and that when she steps foot on, you know, in the game, you're like, oh, something's going to happen within seconds. This is going to be exciting. So, you know, I just enjoyed, I like to watch growth. And that's been my thing as a coach and being able to see, you know, a kid that was shy and now a kid that's stronger. Like, I like that. And as a female athlete, you know, you can always teach a kid how to lift, but you, but that feeling of being strong and confident has to keep getting reiterated, reiterated, and keep giving them that confidence. And then you see that change. And I think that, like, that's why I like to do this because I like that kid being like, oh, I can do that. Or put, put me in coach, like, I, I know I can do that. And that is like why, that's like, that was why by the end I'm like, all right, I just need to make fine tuning, but this is going to be the direction because I just, for kids to be able to know that they don't know their opportunity. I mean, I think that's the thing It's untapped and they don't know. And the surprise they that they get on their face of like, really? Or wow, I can do that. Or did you see that? Like, those are those moments that like, it makes all that hard work of this go into perspective of I I had an opportunity to provide an opportunity for a kid. And like that that's why we do this. I mean, and for me, my important thing is is my daughter 
lives with me, she knows the lifestyle because the lifestyle was taught to me by working with people like you and being taught with professional or Olympic or collegiate level athletes. You learn that. And then that is, you don't know any different. And being around her friends, you know, my life then is kind of like, oh my God, like people, people don't think that they need to do this or that, or they weren't taught this or that. So I guess I've just learned that, um, I want to teach a lifestyle that it's a lifestyle that can be acquired, but this is how it needs to be done. And this is the slow implementation process that I want to be able to say it's an opportunity and you can take it or you can leave it, but I would like to be able to help with that. And that's really like where this all comes from, because you can't, uh, you can't just jump in and say you're a coach. And I think too many people do that. And this takes years and it takes being with people that know sport and then know how it needs to be seen and applied because not any coach can just coach and that's what's that's what you you learn when you have young kids and you're like who's coaching yes <laughs> what yes like that play called like i just saw this kid do this and that but the developmental skill was not taught and and you see that as a coach but it's hard to translate that to then a coach who thinks they're a coach because they're only calling the game off of that instant and they're not coaching the game off of pulling the kid over and saying, if you would have pivoted and bent your knee, that that would have been open. You know, like it's just teaching it. And I think that, you know, that's kind of all of this, this whole Glowgetter organization that got put together is just trying to acknowledge that it's great to be a multi-sport athlete and you shouldn't be discriminated for being one and you shouldn't not have the opportunities that other kids have because as we know as coaches an athlete is an athlete they can jump into any sport at any time off season in season preparation phase whatever and do it and that's what people don't acknowledge and one-dimensional athletes get injured and I my thing was if a kid had a softball game, well, great, have your go to your softball game, but come at two o'clock because it's fine. You can just jump on in into the game and we're good. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, it's funny you uh, you you mentioned strength. Uh, you mentioned uh, you know co- overcoming shyness, and one thing that I've observed in working with uh, current and former female athletes that played organizational sports from a young age was that they're generally very strong, very independent, uh, and just tough. It just, uh, it, you know, it's, it, and I mean that, uh, from a personal standpoint that their character is just tough. You're, I, I think it's, um, you're, you're less likely to see that type of uh, woman get easily offended by anything or you're, they, they really understand what their boundaries are and their independence. It's, it's really odd, but it's, a, it's common amongst all the athletes I've worked with. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I thought that has to do with their history of playing sports and having to step up 
and really gaining the self-confidence that you don't see in a lot of other women that did not play sports. And it, it may sound sad, you know, it's interesting. My daughter asked me something similar and she said, you know, at the time she, she asked me how I met you. <laughs> and, okay. the, and I said, I go, well, I met him because he was in Arizona at the time when I was in Arizona entering under Charles. And she goes, well, how'd you meet Charles? And I said, I met him at a conference and I was in college taking notes and I just thought it was fascinating what he was saying. And she goes, well, how'd he pick you? And I go, very interesting. I said, I got a call and he saw that, you know, I was in college and I inquired about a couple of things educationally. And she then said, well, why did you then stop playing softball in order to, in college, in order to then go and, you know, do an internship out there in Arizona? And I said, well, it was a rare opportunity. Um, being able to be around collegiate and Olympic athletes during 2004 Olympic Games and being able to see all of this firsthand. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, so that's kind of what made you do it. And I said, well, it was an opportunity. And the second thing I said was, it was interesting because the first time I went into Charles' office, he asked me a question. He says, do you know why I picked you? And I go, no, <laughs> I don't know. And he said, he goes, well, he goes, you can't end up measuring inner strength like you can external strength. And I was like, you know, okay. Like, you know, like I'm 19, right? Right, but right. Like, That's heavy. Okay. <laughs> And he said, he goes, out there in the lobby, he says, you're going to meet your first athlete. And that at the time was Adrian Wilson, who was from Ohio. And yeah. he said, she's, he said to me, he goes, you're going to go out there and you're going to introduce yourself. And she's an athlete, he goes, that has, is battling cancer. He goes, and he goes, my job is to find people that I know have it within themselves here. And that then is going to then reiterate to be able to then spread that. And I am like, Okay, you know, and and all the times that I ever like would call or I'd text Charles or I'd email Charles, you know, he was always like, you don't give up, you're a coach and we need more women to be able to produce more confidence and you need to teach them internal strength. And to me, that was why when I thought about this, like, why am I doing this? It's that in the gym, I'm not a gym rat. I'm I'm somebody that I want to teach strength, but you have to teach it off of adversity and you have to teach it off of the failures because that's where you learn and you don't have to be perfect. And I think that being a female athlete, sometimes female athletes have the you have to just go out and there always be perfect and that expectation's higher because a guy can mess up, but a girl can only get one opportunity. And that over all these years has kind of culminated to where I wish that like if I look back on my seventh or my seventh eighth grade years I mean I was a sixth grader playing on the eighth grade team and I always played up and that was great but I didn't have a lot of girlfriends and I didn't have a lot of friends because I was always younger and I was playing higher and it was there's that competitiveness and we're not talking about like you know, it's, oh, she's the sixth grader. Even though she could throw no hitter, she's the sixth grader. And rather than saying, that's my teammate, and it doesn't matter the age, it's she's my teammate. And 
I wanted to be able to teach girls that don't be afraid if you are really talented. Like, we're just going to take it to the next level, and that's fine. But you need to then have other girls that are going to contribute to your talent. And the more you can get that solid force around you, well, then the more the units, you know, higher up there, and you got more confidence. And that it's not all about just you, you, you. It's about how do you create... A, you know, a, a whole organization of girls that are confident, great with athletics, that are, you know, have good academic skill, but now they can go into the community and they can spread this and do volunteer or career, you know, career-based things that, you know, attend a soup kitchen, go plant flowers at a school that donates their gym time to us, you know, go door-to-door uh, -door and help see if there's anybody that needs help if, you know, they're willing to, you know, give $10 a donation, you know, cut someone's yard. I mean, it's about how do you become that all-around wholesome athlete that, I'm sorry, is not around as much anymore. And that was the whole point is that I want kids to feel it inside because I think when you feel that strength and that confidence inside, you it's not that you get unstoppable. It's that you go, I can do that. How would you like me to help? Or I can take that role on. What do I need to do? And it's just coachability, you know? But it's got to start in a way. And it's teaching that to kids rather than kids just, I'm good and that's good enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, understood, understood. It's funny because, yeah, it's a uh, coaching is, you know, I mean, Charles said it and I've always said it. It's it's part art yeah. and part uh, science and then experience. Yeah. But the art part, sometimes people don't get that part. And that's one of the most important parts because you have to be able to understand the athlete and for you know, a young athlete, especially a young female athlete now with all the social media pressures, it's real important to kind of feel like they're in an environment where they're learning and having fun, but not being judged, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's what it seems like you guys are creating. So now what's the process for you now to fundraise, to be able to get more money on board for scholarships? What does that look like in the in the near future? Yeah, so this past, so 2021 season, we were able to offer 16 scholarships. So all 16 girls were able to end up playing, and that consisted of actually a longer season than uh, planned. So, you know, typically the season uh, may end around June, and we were still playing till July. So we had the funding to be able to, um, and the support, and I will say support because, um, you know, some of the uh, local gyms around here that also had invitational tournaments, you know, we got two invites um, that we did not have to pay for. So that was a huge, you know, that was seven games for the kids. Uh, so that was just like, you know, very much appreciated. Um, so it really came down to like how to budget, plan, and strategize and be able to provide an all-encompassing um opportunity for these girls and some kids just wanted to keep playing which was like nice and I mean I mean it was funny there is this you know a group of them that they just said we're available just let us know daytime we'll be there you know so they just wanted to play and it was such a relief um that 
they just wanted opportunity. Going into uh, the 2022 season, right now is our downtime, and this is now a transition for kids to be playing, and we support all the fall sport athletes. So we have, I want to say, six out of the 12 girls right now are actually playing volleyball uh, on their vertical jump. So I made sure that it was like, when people asked, I'm like, sign them up for volleyball. <laughs> Have a word. Block shots and spikes are like exactly what you want to do when you're on defense. Uh, so we have kids right now that are in fall sports and then they will end up, you know, playing on their school teams, which, you know, we're thrilled that all the kids will be doing that. And so tryouts and everything, you know, those will be kind of in February. Um, we do end up having a team as of now. But, you know, we're like we say, we're going to open it up and see if we can end up getting more girls to be interested in playing. And then we'll just, you know, figure out what our budget is and go out and start, you know, fundraising. Um, how it worked, you know, for us in 2021 was different businesses had different options as to how they wanted to end up funding. So, you know, we could end up we got a cost breakdown as to what it costs for tournaments to be uh, submitted in. Uh, we also ended up, you know, saying that roughly if it was, you know, per girl, how much would a glow getter end up? How much could you donate to just support a glow getter? So that's one player. Um, you know, that amount was 620. So some businesses ended up actually donating $620 and that ended up covering an entire girl. And other businesses ended up donating, you know, just for a tournament entry fees so then that started covering the amounts of tournaments that the girl was able to end up um you know being in and um that's kind of you know the direction that we went then and i'll probably implement that later but i had a lot of success getting uh you know different businesses to support and donate so a lot a lot of people kind of started following the girls success especially even like people here in the gym they're like how the girls do this weekend you know let me know about that next year so I think you know it was new and I kind of went with people I felt familiar with like explaining my coaching philosophy and what I wanted for these girls to have and former you know athletes I should say that are now business professionals were like love it great let's do it you know so that made it easy, but I think now as we get bigger, it's going to just be people that have like a like mind as far as what our coaching philosophy is and what we want to instill into the girls and into the organization to be able to then help with, um, you know, the parenting component. I mean, I think that's a lot of things. I'm a parent. I know what it's like, and I want to be able to help and offset that to other parents because I don't like parents feeling that burden and then the child is not you know, able to have the opportunity that they should be given and provided, you know, so. Yeah. So if you guys had the funds, could you like field and, and dress a team full year to compete in tournaments? And is that the goal? Yeah. I mean, so we did that for 2021. Uh, so that'd be correct. And so the goal now is that, you know, do we end up going to bigger tournaments or do we end up wanting more girls to end up partaking and being able to stay localized in a tri-state area of Indianapolis, Indiana, Ohio, you know, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and or Kentucky, whatever those three are that, you know, the tournament brackets come out with. Um, you know, so do we do two teams or do we just have that, you know, higher caliber of play and get kids to be able to travel and you're really paying for 
even more travel and hotel stay. So we kind of just did, we, you know, year one was a budget based off of, you know, four, turn, four travel tournaments out of state and then, you know, having invitationals here within Ohio and then being able to see, you know, where that kind of led us for additional tournaments and games at the end of the AAU season. Wow, it's a big undertaking, Ash. It really is. I mean, but it sounds like you guys are in motion, you know, for really making this a success. And it sounds like you got great feedback from the community and from the donors. Um, This is exciting. I think more people, I'm going to speak to a young lady in the next couple of weeks uh, it's called Reynas, which means queen in Spanish, and it's Reynas Baseball. And she started uh, a young, a youth uh, girls baseball team, a travel team, and they're doing really well, um, high caliber play. So it's like nice to see that going on. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of all organizational sports because I think it's super important, but it's really nice to see these opportunities for young girls because, you know, the, like you said, there's less gym, there's really no physical education now in most schools around the country. And then there's not a lot of opportunity, especially for low income, to participate outside of school. That's what people don't get. They just don't have the money to afford that. So, you know, even a registration fee or a uniform. So, again, I mean, kudos to what you guys are doing over there. If someone that's listening wanted to either sponsor an athlete or wanted to donate, where could they find you? What do they need to do? Uh, so we have an Instagram uh, that an Instagram page for the girls. Um, we're in the process right now of getting that linked to our donation, so people can start to just uh, donate, even if it's five dollars. I mean, you know, I, truthfully, I mean, I hate saying this, like, you know, that that covers um, a family who can't afford to be able to come into a game and watch a day. That would five dollars is like a ticket price. I mean, you know, sometimes it's even 20. And and I kind of like to recognize that, that, you know, even getting into these things costs money. And I try to help out offset that any way possible. So these parents have opportunity or grandparents have opportunities to be able to see these children grow and develop. So uh, we have an Instagram page, um, and then our website page is www, and it's glowgetter.com, and um, I have it on my gym website as well, so that would be like uplift-gym.com, and all the link stuff, it kind of all merges together. Perfect. Perfect. So, so Ash, again, I can't tell you I love what you guys are doing. I really do. I think it's amazing, and... I want to follow up, you know, in the future to see how you guys are doing in 2022 and help in any way we can in terms of getting the word out there. But again, it's Glowgetter Basketball and, you know, or Uplift Gym. And thanks again for your time and thanks for being patient with my technical difficulties. Thanks again, friends, for listening to another episode of What's Good with Ben V. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, share it on your social media. We look forward to you sitting back and enjoying future episodes where we look behind the curtain and learn a little something about an athlete or an entertainer that you didn't know.